Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Now, do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. Step back for one minute and look at the big picture. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. The orphans bond a family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wa-wa-wee-wa. Wa-wa-wee-Wesley. Today, as you might have guessed, we are discussing Borat. Subsequent movie film, not to be confused with Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. So the original Borat came out 14 years ago. Can you believe it? 2006. Strange. It was a completely different world. Also, by the time this episode airs, we will all be in a completely different world. And so Borat, subsequent movie film, is, I think, a movie for exactly this moment in time. By the time you listen to this episode, it might be a little bit outdated because this movie released before the election. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and his team seem to have made some pretty nimble pivots. Yeah, they probably had a loose structure based around the pre-election campaigns, but they incorporated coronavirus pretty organically into this storyline. And so timing-wise, it feels so, so, so current. Borat is a sketch film, just like his The Ali G Show, where Borat first appeared along with Bruno and the Ali G character. It was constructed around mock interviews with people who let their guard down because they think they're speaking to someone that they're not. He's a a sort of oblivious Kazakhstani journalist, right, who doesn't know anything about America. And so people are happy to espouse their views on America and their pride for America and all the American things that they do. Happy to very gently educate him on all Americanness. Rudy Giuliani is obvious and his like buddies where he shacked up with them for several days. These are scenes that may have been fortuitous in the course of filming, but at the same time, you don't know what you're going to get in these interviews. And as such, I think that they had to construct the framework outside of those scenes to accommodate it. 
It seemed like they were very nimble by incorporating the coronavirus stuff into it, but they're probably used to it because they have to be nimble all the time. The new scenes are shaping the story kind of in real time. Brian and I were speculating, like you get your centerpiece story or your centerpiece interview, and then you shape the rest of the story around it, right? Like they had to have gotten Giuliani and then shaped the story around it, just like Borat had already bagged Pamela Anderson and then shaped the rest of the original Borat around that set piece. Could anything date Borat, the original one, 2006, and the fact that Pamela Anderson was in it? I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Him finding her and marrying her was like the whole thrust of the film. I literally haven't thought about Borat since I first saw it. (laughs) That forgettable, huh? Despite the fact that Borat is available on, was available on Prime as of my viewing of Borat's subsequent movie film, I didn't revisit it. This movie is, it depends upon what you get in the centerpieces in the same way that Tom Cruise wants to do crazy stuff for Mission Impossible. And if those things go well, then great. Then he can film the rest of the movie around it. Uh, I also thought of movies like Action Point, the movie based on Action Park, the Johnny Knoxville one, or Bad Grandpa where he plays a character in a narrative film, presumably, even though it's just set pieces for stunts where he can hurt himself. And once you get those in the can, then you can tailor the story to those scenes. But uh, that may be this movie's strength, is its ability to weave together the story that encompasses all these nimble turns and the particulars of the scenes that they're able to get with unsuspecting participants. Throughout the film, there are callbacks to the original Borat they even like go to paints to wrap up storylines from <laughs> that film too. Like, and this is all pretty fresh for me because I did rewatch the original Borat, and the first storyline that they reintroduce and wrap up at the same moment is that of his producer. It was Ken Davidian, but I don't remember his name in the film. <laughs> and now that I recall that, I recall the horrible scene with him and his producer, and uh, and how well they got to know each other, so to speak. You mean when they're wrestling naked in the hotel room? (laughs) Yes. He's like, well, I can't, like, I'm not going to take this, like, I can't do this new assignment in the U.S. unless I have Azamat. And then he's like, it's it's impossible. And he's like, why? And do you remember what, how he knew he was impossible? I I mean, I just watched it. I'm trying to remember. Was he executed? (laughs) He somehow died and then was skinned and used to reupholster the premier's chair. That's right, because we got a revisiting of of Azamat's genitals when he hopped out of the thing. Oh, man. I maybe should have watched the first one again. They went through a lot of trouble to bring up his wife, bring up Azamat, bring up his neighbor. It's all very well-conceived and well-tied together. Like, this world is very intact. As much as you could say, boy, it's such, such a dumb movie. And there are certainly dumb premises, and it appeals to our baser instincts. It's complicated. It's a it's very complicated. Picking up all these threads and carrying them through for this new movie must have been really difficult to do. I mean, he's probably rewriting on the fly. He told a story to Stephen Colbert about hanging out with his two new buddies in their house and he's got his laptop out and he's working into the night because he has to script the next day and uh, they were knocking on the door and like Borat you okay in there and he's like oh yeah I'm fine and all this stuff and like trying to hide the laptop and stuff so he is probably on his toes the whole time and in addition in this movie because they did make it clear that Borat is instantly recognizable to a lot of the country yeah. that Sasha Baron Cohen is playing Borat, 
who is in disguise further as Country Steve <laughs> and, and like sounds a little bit like Borat, but is singing country songs. It's just I think the first one was pretty meta, but Borat's subsequent movie film is like extra meta or like meta meta. Yes, it's like a recursive self-referential. It's like recursive meta. Yeah, that's the term I couldn't come up with. It just like folds in on itself and is a wonder that it doesn't implode. Yeah, like a, a woman's vagine. Oh my God. It just eats itself alive. You know that's not true, right? Uh, I, I don't know for sure. It's funny how they choose to make characters who are likable, certain people in a more favorable light, like the babysitter woman she's a likable person because she's kind of trying to tell it to to tar straight do you know what i'm saying like yes no you i like do. her right absolutely like, no this we're movie, intended to like her in the original borat we were preying upon i guess in ways people who were too dumb to know that they were being dumb on camera so that their dumbness could be ridiculed uh, they thought they were in on the joke and they completely weren't. As in this one, we're in a different place. And the inversion or whatever that you called it is evident in the fact that we are well aware in this day and age, as opposed to the first Borat movie, that there are some dumb, backwards, narrow-minded, offensive people. And now that's commonplace. And so this movie took a different approach with some of those people. The babysitter, even the doctor, when they, when they went to the fantastic setup of the cupcake and her swallowing the baby, just to be able to say those specific <laughs> lines to the doctor to mislead him into thinking, like they went a long way around the block for that one, right? Who came up with that? But yeah, his best buddies that he ultimately ended up at the, uh, the gun rally with were nice guys. They had adopted some kind of backwards conspiracy theories, but that doesn't mean that they didn't look after him and take him in and were generally nice people. The fact that they didn't know that he was Borat. I mean, did they know that this guy was playing a character? Like, how do they not know who Borat is? Like, Brian, the computer guy who sells him his phone. <laughs> or the doctor or the two best buds that take him in like how do they not know like now i'm thinking oh you know did they plant the baby cupcake in the bakery or did they write that organically after she decided that's what she wanted because they had a weird baby cupcake in this bakery that's just genius if that were the case if it was there and then they incorporated it and then it took them into this you know pseudo abortion slash i have an obstruction in my stomach <laughs> storyline detour it's hard to know and there are obviously parts of this film that are manufactured and that are structured right like they bring brian the computer guy back around and they use his phone to entrap the Just premiere as an insurance policy right and it's very tropey in like spy political thriller type films but but it's very deft in being able to bring around those elements again to tie everything together so that brian wasn't a one-off poor sap in a small town like cell phone store or whatever. But I do think if you look at him, he probably wanted to test the phone and they used a screen image and they superimposed it in a different place at a different time where you can hear him saying, this is Brian. And he was probably like, I, I like to record. I'd want to try it. And he's like, okay, I, I just recorded everything you said, you know, and played it, you know, appropriated it for the, for the scene. I'm well, sure maybe. that Brian didn't know exactly what it was he was recording. I just figured, you know, they did the Brian scene, the initial scene in the tech store or whatever. And then we're like, hey, by the way, we're going to wrap it up this way. Will you be a character in our film? 
there is precedence for him duping somebody and then bringing them in, in on the joke. So I read somewhere that after he meets with the Holocaust survivors in the synagogue, when he's dressed up as the evil Jew. Oh, the that, Jew. Like, even the Klan outfit. I can be like, okay, I've seen that before. That's really risky. But when he walked into the synagogue as that Jew, I was like, oh my gosh. And the fact that the two women were so willing to kind of look past it and to be so welcoming and kind to him. He, after the interview, let them in on the joke and told them what it was that he was doing and that he is, in fact, Jewish. And yet the woman's estate still sued him. Yeah, said that she was an unwilling participant and in an indirect way made fun of Jews because she wasn't in on the joke at the time that it was filmed. It wasn't until afterwards. Uh, yeah, she died right after filming that scene. And the film is actually dedicated to her just before the close of the credits. Has her right. picture and everything. I mean, look, there's an opportunity and she was duped and there's an opportunity to make some money there. And I'm not saying that her family are like looking just for the quick buck or whatever. Maybe they feel that that their relative was slighted, but he typically doesn't break character. And he broke a longstanding rule to be able to tell those ladies because they were so sweet and so earnest and had real stories to tell. There's meaningful content. Uh, that's actually available on Amazon Prime, apparently, as part of uh, the X-Ray Extras. You can listen to her entire story of her Holocaust experience. So a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of, uh, you know, a more kid gloves approach to some of these people. Because all the people that we were making fun of in the first Borat, or indeed with Ali G, or even with Bruno... All those people are front and center now. It's not revelatory to know that there are dumb backwards people out there. But is this movie funny or is it kind of sad and definitely gross? There's so much. I mean, there's Monkey Porno Star and there's Daughter and there's Mike Pence and there's Rudy Giuliani. There's so much that's all over the place. And I guess it was funny, but I just, I think I have, this is actually the largest scale movie and the first movie since the pandemic that focuses on a coronavirus age. And I'm sure those movies are going to come, but do we want or need those movies? W will they be funny? Because we've, we've been going through this for so long and the political ugliness is at an all time high right now. None of us can do anything. We're all scared and worried one way or another. It seems like everything is on the line. And then we get a funny movie about it and, we, and we're supposed to laugh. It's kind of like if we, if you were imprisoned for 20 years for a crime you didn't commit, and they gave you your parole date and you were all ready to go. And as a celebration, they pulled you in and they're like, dude, we're so happy you're getting out. We've decided we're all going to have a screening of the Shawshank Redemption. And you had to walk like right before you leave. Or imagine you're you're haunted and you're, one of your family members is possessed or something. And this demon is ruining your life and you can't get any sleep. And, and you call an exorcist or whatever. They come in and they take care of the problem for you. And you can finally breathe again and, and you have, you have your family back and you're happy. And they're like, you know what we should do? We should watch Ghostbusters right now. Cause it's, it's so like, it's your story, but it's funny. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny. So too soon or yeah. too close to home? Yeah, that's how it sh I should have said it. But yeah, I watched <laughs> Borat and I was like, that's clever. That That's, whew, yeah, that's funny. Wow. But I don't know how enjoyable it was. And it's maybe no. no fault of this movie. It's maybe just 2020 fatigue. 2020 fatigue. 
It's funny when I hear people say, oh man, like I just can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I'm like, you know that the start of 2021 and beyond is probably going to be just like 2020, right? Yes. And maybe worse. And this is a this is a comedy for 2020. It's funny, but it's also disturbing. It also exposes a lot of things that maybe were no secret, at least in our opinion, of certain people like Rudy Giuliani. I don't know the veracity of that particular scene. There's been a lot of debate, obviously. But this is maybe not all that different thematically from Borat, but it is a different time. And it's a time where this is the only movie where Sasha Baron Cohen had to wear a bulletproof vest at least twice during the filming of this movie. During the KKK scene? It's a, Well, it's a good thing that Country Steve was kind of a heftier dude because under those overalls, there was definitely like a flak jacket or something. For reals? Yeah, those people were armed. Did you see their, they had they were like open carry, like automatic weapon <laughs> open carry. Did you hear the, about the scene uh, that they played part of the, the clip of the un- unedited scene on Colbert? Someone, a bunch of people stormed the stage. And they were yelling USA and they chased him to his vehicle, like the crew van. And they were pulling open the door and trying to haul him out of the the van. Like because they liked him? No. But they liked Country Steve. They were singing along with him. But then somebody got upset. And it turns out that there were Black Lives Matter protesters who were at odds with these gun rally protesters. Black Lives Matter sent people in undercover to infiltrate this rally and to kind of stir things up, I guess, in the same way that Sasha Baron Cohen was technically undercover as Borat, as Country Steve. And somehow somebody got wind of the fact that Sasha Baron Cohen was on stage and that he was fake. So some people recognized him for who he was and that it was a performance. Other people learned that he was faking it and was basically mocking them and they chased him off stage and followed him to the crew vehicle and there's footage of him wedging the door shut when someone tried to pull him open and haul him out of the vehicle and they had to get out of there he's like on the floor so he won't get shot through the vehicle doors like that it's bad what you do for your art right and it's hilarious except that's a very real thing so not trying to get too political But Stephen King said way back in the day, he didn't believe that Trump was going to win, but he said that what he did was he exposed a gross underbelly of America. And definitely he's willing to put himself on the line uh, to match this level of insanity that's all around him. Like he was butt naked in this film. And actually he wasn't as naked as he was in the last movie, I don't think. He's naked in all the movies. Yeah. The Maskini. Like there are certainly elements of his comedy that are very dated And I I kind of excuse them because Borat himself is kind of stuck in a specific time. In our discussions about 80s films or 90s films, we've discussed that, you know, gay jokes aren't funny. Racist jokes really aren't funny anymore. And Sasha Baron Cohen's humor as Borat is all about gay, incest, racist... I thought more along the lines of Jackass, where they're naked all the time. And it's it's funny because dudes are naked. There are no naked women in this movie. Yeah, in fact, he goes to great pains to kind of protect Tutor. What I'm trying to figure out is if 2020, because apparently this movie started production around December of 2019. And then, you know, coronavirus hit. So is this the best timing possible for a Borat 2 movie or the worst timing possible? Does real life undermining the parody aspects of this movie make it better? And you're arguing that it makes it ickier? It's just a 2020, like life is a 2020 Borat movie. (laughs) I'm tired. You people listening to this now, 
you're on the other side one way or another and, and i'm and i'm happy for you and i'm happy for future me because whatever happens at least we'll know but election years in particular are just the ugliest times yeah i'm ready for it to be over too yeah even the people vying for their own nominations within the same party they're still sniping at each other and then when they're done they're buddies again right did you notice when kazakhstan became a feminist nation that they stopped exporting girls and they started exporting boys. And they had all those boys, like in suits, being crated up for export. <laughs> and I the box was addressed to Kevin Spacey. Oh, my God. I didn't like, see that. Right? Like, on, on one level, that's funny. On another level, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, that's entirely unsurprising for where we are right now. Borat, subsequent movie film. It should be subsequent movie film for make Bag of Hammers prominence to 2020 Life Dilemma or something <laughs> is what this movie should have been called. It was all a little too close to home for you. Look, Sasha Baron Cohen is a very hard worker. He's shameless and he's fearless in what he does. The lengths that he will go to to get laughs are maybe unparalleled. And I have respect for him. I like... Borat as a character and as a concept, there's been speculation that, I mean, I think he's said that Sasha Baron Cohen has said that when he's in character as Borat, it's all real. It's all his real hair. It's his real mustache. And he doesn't shower. So he smells like you would expect Borat to smell. And that adds a whole different level of discomfort to people. Hopefully that's no longer the case. But it's just the lengths that he will go to are admirable for the art and the result. But the, his art is contingent entirely on the results and the reactions of other people. Uh, so it's easy to overlook his skill in bringing this all together. And I appreciate Borat's subsequent movie film for what it is. Uh, I liked the other one, but they're not rewatchers for me. I can't say anything bad about it other than it was pretty grody and kind of unpleasant to watch. Yeah. And them doing the like menstruation dance. Oh, my God. See, this is what I'm saying. This is the general reaction. This should be the poster quote for Borat's subsequent movie film. Just, oh, my God, or whatever movies. <laughs> because I can't ever watch it again. And the people at the cotillion or whatever were pretty horrified and rightly well, so. Well, who wouldn't be? It wasn't. It's funny because some of the humor, like the address to Kevin Spacey, which I totally missed, is very subtle. And some of it is so ridiculously over the top. I mean, they could have done a interpretive menstruation dance. They didn't have to do like a full on bloody cootie show. Like a like a rain dance? Cootie or coochie? Same diff. So Maria Bakalova, she's 24. She's not 15. And I don't know in all fairness whether or not Rudy Giuliani ever thought that she was an underage journalist. But whatever. She hadn't been in she was an actress is an actress hadn't this is her highest profile role and she hadn't done an american film i don't know how good she is as an actress but i know that her level of commitment and her ability to remain in character is on par with sasha baron cohen's she completely went for it in this movie yeah and had to go up in her first movie like this against rudy giuliani and that's right. no small feat so she definitely deserves recognition she might have leaned in to her actual feelings of nervousness in her interview with Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, yeah. which played to her favor because then he felt sympathetic for her and he's like holding her hands and telling her that she can do it. But I do think that she broke 
character once and it was when Borat is introducing her to the babysitter and <laughs> and she's on a leash and he and, she, and he brings in her dog bowl and she's like squatting in the corner waiting obediently like a dog With would the clicker oh my god yes. <laughs> and i think that she's kneeling in the corner and laughing because of how ridiculous it is that's fine as long as she doesn't as long as babysitter lady doesn't know right or doesn't know why she's laughing or see it she is as good as azamat and could definitely do things that that guy couldn't do well, yeah, I mean, the movie doesn't happen without her. With Borat having to be in disguise the majority of the film, it's all on her. Yep. Like, he can't be doing, he can't do his Borat shtick. Sasha Baron Cohen isn't the only brave person in this film. She had to have guts to do this role. The producers have to be lawyered up and prepared for anything with this film. Like, the director is out there in the field risking his neck to the extent that he has to, you know, rolling with the improvisation and the constant X factors all around them, some of them really dangerous. There had to have been some higher calling or some truly motivating factor to get all of these people to get behind a film like this. I mean, Amazon. Is it possible that Amazon is taking on a tremendous risk, not only in terms of legal exposure, but in terms of their brand by splashing this all over Prime Video and everything? Like, they're behind this film. I feel like as dumb as it is, it's a smart film with clever marketing, good timing, and a lot of smart people supporting it. It would have to be smart to be able to properly present the dumbness contained therein uh, in order to appropriately display some of the the uh, underbelly of America in a way that's at least somewhat respectful some of the time when Borat is making a fool of himself and also showing that maybe less informed people doesn't necessarily mean that they're cruel or evil people. They're just not in on the joke. Like the babysitter who really wanted Tutar not to be sold to an evil old white guy. Um <laughs> I actually don't think she was being sold. She was just being given away. Gifted. For, yeah, to make benefit her, her once glorious country. Yes. Um, and and to get the premiere into the Tough Guy Club. Yeah, well, yeah. You got to be in the Tough Guy Club. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the stuff like the fact that when Tutar spoke, she was speaking Slovenian or I think it was Slovenian or Romanian. And that the premiere, Borat's premiere, was speaking a different language, Turkish or something, that I don't even know as a, as a dumb American, and that Borat could understand them all perfectly just goes to illustrate the fact that Americans can't tell the difference between those languages anyway. <laughs> uh, guilty. It all just sounds foreign and Borat-ish to us. What do you think of Borat's subsequent movie film? Look, I have to admire the skill. Um, I've never been great with comedies. I think this is... <laughs> This is a good Borat movie. It's a, you know, it was funny at times. It's definitely cringy. And it's that Ben Stiller level of cringe comedy. That's like the most uncomfortable situations ever are funny as opposed to quippy one-liners or cleverness. Yep. Yeah, I guess it was a good comedy. But just being able to pull it together uh, in the way that the, that the filmmakers did was enough for me to enjoy it, even though it may not be my kind of movie. You've drawn so many parallels between Borat and Jackass, and you love Jackass. How is Borat not your sensibility? 
Jackass is Borat when he is willing to look foolish, when he is the one who is naked and throwing himself at Giuliani to save his daughter the trouble. But the uncomfortable elements of Jackass, and also the last Jackass movie was what, 10 years ago? 14 years ago? Oh my God. I've matured somewhat since then, let us say. But there are elements that are undeniable in both. I haven't really looked back at Borat and uh, aren't necessarily looking forward to a third Borat film. But I watched (laughs) it, I assessed it critically, and I liked it. It was definitely the best Borat movie. Actually, I don't know if it was the best Borat movie. Yeah, dude, if you went back, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation in Kazakhstan, (laughs) is pretty darn funny. It's just as over the top. It's just as crazy and harebrained. And it's just as go for broke. You either get it or you don't. Like, it's a polarizing film, so what difference could our good or bad review possibly make in someone's opinion? I don't know. We're just talking. So, I guess there you got it. That's our discussion of Borat, subsequent movie film, pretty nimble pivot for make, benefit, unglorious year of 2020. Wait, you can't you can't give it a good. Is it a... An all right from Wesley and a what from Iris? A good from Iris. And a good from Iris. So it clears the bar on all accounts. You give Borat an all right and Tenet a whatever? Yes, because in what it set out to do, Borat was successful. You're weird. I enjoyed watching this movie more than Tenet because I had no expectations. You knew exactly what you were expecting from this film. You wanted to review this movie and I was like, all right. Whereas for Tenet, I was disappointed. 818-835-0473. Hey, look at that. I got it. Hey, you got it. All right. Or whatever movies at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed our review on Borat's subsequent movie film. Just know that like Borat, our review is a very much a product of its time. Thank you for listening and please support us at Patreon or by following us on social media. Yep. Congratulations, America, on your newly elected leader. And we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.